Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 53. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I hope everyone's doing okay. How are we all doing? Uh, If you're in quarantine or self-isolation or if you're social distancing, I hope you're doing okay. Um, I'm I'm doing all right, sort of. I don't know. I have some weird updates to give you guys, which I will in just a second. But the whole staying inside aspect, just staying at my house, is really not bothering me that much. but yeah, it's it's weird. I am starting, just now starting to miss some of the other things. So I'm a huge introvert and I like to be at home for the most part. But I'm just now starting to miss like going out to restaurants with my friends. And like, oh, I kind of want to like go to a park and hang out with people, but I can't. The weather's starting to get really nice too, other than all of the pollen everywhere. Um, which is not great for allergy season in the middle of like a pandemic. But you know, that's just how it is. Um, so that's kind of sad that we can't like go out and have picnics with all of our friends and go to the lake and swimming and everything. Not yet anyway. Um, I am recording this in my little home office in my comfy little Papazon chair and my cat Miranda has made herself quite at home on my lap. So there might be some little cat sounds in the background of this episode. Um, but hopefully that's just like, you know, soothing ASMR. She's purring. So I wonder if I was like, if I pause for a second, if you guys can hear her. All right. I hope that's pleasant and not like really grating to someone's ear, but I think a cat purr is always pleasant sounding. Um, anyway, so here's where I'm at. Here's why I'm kind of in a weird space with everything going on. Not even just because like we're as a globe, we are experiencing mass trauma on an unprecedented scale and we are having to adjust to a new normal and new routines and completely alter the way in which we like react, like interact with people and, uh, do our work and everything like that. Um, So last week, last Friday, before I even recorded with Kara for my last episode, because I recorded with her Saturday, I was laid off from my job. um, And I was kind of like, you know, a little bit shaken. I really wasn't expecting it. But I was like, well, you know, that makes sense with everything that's going on. Um, I didn't talk about it in last week's episode, just because, you know, we was doing a guest episode. It's not really easy to talk about. And so... I was like, okay, I'll I'll talk about it in next week's episode. And so I was all like prepared to give that update and I hadn't gotten a chance to record. And then this, just this past Friday, which was exactly one week from when I was laid off, um, I was unlaid off. And so now I'm back at work. Um, So yeah, it's just like a lot of things are changing week by week just in my personal life and in on a global scale so it's just a time of uncertainty and I think that's the hardest thing that I'm dealing with is not even the isolation or whatever because I have my husband I have my pets that I see my friends are really great about like staying connected digitally um but it's just like not knowing what to expect from work or you know we got a stay-at-home order in North Carolina a few days ago and just all of that coming down has been really hard so hopefully um I'll figure everything out soon and kind of just know where I stand with everything. But as it stands for right now, I have a job, which, you know, I need to be thankful for. And I have a husband and I have friends and I have wonderful pets. So, and a wonderful family. So <laughs> I'm trying to, to stay focused and, and just move forward. Um, yeah, hopefully that wasn't too much of a downer. I know that everyone's talking about coronavirus, but you know, it's like, it's happening, you guys. It really is happening. Two weeks ago, well, two weeks ago, I was already on like high alert, but three weeks ago, I would have been like, meh, eh, we don't need to talk about it really. Maybe I think I, did I talk about it three weeks ago? I don't know. I think that was the week I took off, <laughs> which was going to be because I, 
remember when I was like, oh, things are going to be crazy at work for the next few weeks, so I need to take a week off. That's because, like, oh, I was supposed to potentially move into a new position at work, and then I got laid off, and then I got unlaid off, and we're just trying to, like, keep up with things, just keep our head above water, so I don't even know what's happening with that, but I honestly don't. (laughs) And at this point, I'm just like, I just want something predictable and stable, so I don't really care to shift a lot of different things about what I'm doing in my job. Um, oh, but the other thing I did want to talk about, yeah, sorry, that was all kind of downer stuff, just like uncertainty, anxieties, something that's great. <laughs> I had my first ever TikTok blow the fuck up and go viral. So that was really, really exciting. Um, so remember how months and months and months ago when I was talking on the podcast and I was like, oh, I got a TikTok, but Uh, don't ever follow me on TikTok. I'll never make TikToks. Well, of course, I started making TikToks. And then because none of the TikToks ever got a lot of likes, I was like, people say it's so easy to blow up and go viral, but they don't know what they're talking about. But finally, I had one of my TikToks get picked up by the algorithm. Um, When I last checked it today, it was over 250,000 likes. It's over like 1.6 million views which is crazy uh so if you do want to follow me on tiktok and find me there you can i change my name so it matches my twitter handle those are both at riley said so and yeah check out my twick my my cool tiktok that blew up there's only one oh it's actually very relevant because it was i took it (laughs) it's very relevant to today's episode because i took the tiktok outside of an abortion clinic and on that note what a segue uh so this week we're going to talk about 16 and pregnant um basically i decided that i wanted to this was you know like a week ago when i was like kind of wallowing in my like recently unemployed like feels and i it's like, I want to do something. I want to talk about someone whose life is worse than mine right now. So I, cho- I decided to do 16 and pregnant. Um, honestly, that was a bad choice because it just made me more depressed. <laughs> I have a, a better strategy for next week. Uh, but, you know, it had to be done at some point. So I decided to go for it. Um, so my personal background with 16 and pregnant, this was... I watched it somewhat when it was airing, but this was kind of in the peak of my I'm too good for reality TV phase. So I really wasn't trying to watch a lot of it. Um, This was also Teen Mom was like kind of the same thing where I was like, I'm too good to watch this. But then whenever it would be on, I'd like really find myself drawn into it. And then I kind of be like ashamed of myself. So I thought I was interested to see how I would feel about it going back since... I did watch it and I think I did enjoy it, but it was very much a guilty pleasure that I would never really admit to. Um, but when I was watching it now, I didn't, I can't even say that I binged it because I only watched a few episodes because it was hard to get through. It was just rough and depressing and <laughs> there's like no levity. Maybe I just didn't write, watch the right episodes, but I'm pretty sure the vast majority of 16 and Pregnant episodes are like depressing and Really, they're only not depressing if, like, the mo- the, the, the mom's family, like, the girl's family, like, accepts her and they totally support her and they're going to help her raise her baby no matter what. Um, and even then, it might be pretty depressing depending on, like, what her baby daddy is like. Um, so that was my experience with the show. Going into some of the background on the show itself, it aired from June t- 2009 to July 2014 on MTV, of course. Uh, The creator of the show, Lauren Dolgan, said that she wanted to create a show to give a voice to stories that weren't being told. Um, She said that the the U.S. has the highest, one of the highest rates of teen pregnancy and and teen birth in the fully developed world. And at that time, no one was really talking about the harsh reality that these young women were facing. Um, So basically, she just said that she wanted to give these teenagers a voice and share their stories in a way without passing judgment that could start a dialogue on the issue. Um, it was filmed in a style that was more kind of documentary, oh, document, woo, can I say that word? Documentary, doc, <laughs> having a, having a time with that. You know what I mean? A, a doc style, documentary, doc, documentary. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, quarantine isolation's getting to us all, folks. Um, we're going to skip that word. You know exactly what I mean. It was more that than a reality show. 
the editors also borrowed um some animation elements so teen mom is really not teen well teen mom too but 16 and pregnant and teen mom is iconic for having those little like sketchbook style animations that happen as part of like the segues and the intros and uh, captions and things they sort of borrowed that style from Juno the movie which had recently come out at that time Juno of course being a story about teen pregnancy um and the show spanned well it spawned four spinoffs as we know there's Teen Mom which is now known as Teen Mom OG which I hate personally that it's called that uh Teen Mom 2 Teen Mom 3 and then there was Teen Mom Young and Pregnant Um, Teen Mom was actually originally intended just to air between the seasons of 16 and Pregnant to basically just buy them time to make more episodes of 16 and Pregnant. But eventually the show Teen Mom became bigger than 16 and Pregnant itself. So they decided to basically end 16 and Pregnant and just focus on the various Teen Mom franchises. Um, What's kind of interesting was that Amber Portwood, who of course is on Teen Mom, Teen Mom OG now, um, she was one of the first, or she was the first person who was cast. And so I will maybe, I don't know how much I'm actually going to reference, but I'm a big fan of Feathers in My Hair and Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom. As you know, I've talked about both of these podcasts before. Um, So Liz Bentley of Feathers in My Hair, she had said, you know, she's like the teen mom historian, that there is a film crew following Amber's brother uh, who was being filmed for Engaged and Underage, which was like another reality show. Um, At the time, Amber was pregnant and then they met her and realized all of the drama that was going on in her life between her and Gary and her family and they just knew that they had to do something with that. Um, Some other fun fact, well, one other fun fact. I was going to say some other fun facts, and then I realized that I really only had one. <laughs> in 2011, the Social Security Administration reported that the names of uh, one of the featured mothers and her son, that was Macy and Bentley, were the names that saw the greatest increase in frequency over the past year. So Macy really made an impact there. Uh, as far as controversies with the show, some people have accused it of glorifying teen pregnancy. I don't think it glorifies teen pregnancy other than the sense that the only way to get on this TV show is to be a pregnant teen. Um, But it really showcases the the struggles of teen pregnancy and some say that it helps to prevent teen pregnancy. Uh, There was a study done in 2014, the National Bureau of Economic Research conducted and published a study suggesting a correlation between the premiere of the show in 2009 and a 5.7% decrease in teen births in the 18 months following the premiere. However, there was some additional research done in 2016 that suggests that 16 and pregnant was unlikely to have any have had any effect on the declining birth rates and that the prior research was, quote, problematic. So take of that what you will. I will say that I do think there have been anecdotally a lot of people who have spoken out and just said watching 16 and pregnant pregnant made me realize that teen pregnancy is not something that's easy. I really saw the struggles that they went through and you know, maybe it influenced my decision to practice safe sex or to choose a different choice than becoming a teen mother. Who's to say? Um, So how I chose this episode in particular that I'm going to be talking about, um, I wanted to do something from one of the earlier seasons. Um, Just because, you know, it started in 2009. I try to get as early as I can with these reality shows when, when I can. Um, So I knew I wanted to do something from like the first or second season, but I did not I knew I specifically didn't want to talk about one of the girls that goes on to be on Teen Mom just because eventually I will do Teen Mom. Eventually I am going to talk about them. I don't want to spend so much time on them if I'm only ever going to do one episode of 16 and Pregnant, if that makes sense. And I'm definitely not going to do, I'm never going to talk about 16 and Pregnant again because damn, this show is sad. (laughs) Like I don't want to watch this show anymore. Um, So my friend Kelsey, who you all should remember from the Bad Girls Club episode, she is one of my friends who, as you all should also know uh, I am a clinic escort and Kelsey is also a uh, does a lot of work in the reproductive justice movement with you know pro-choice advocacy um, you know very vocal about abortion access and abortion rights so she asked me you know are you going to talk about abortion I was like yeah girl of course I'm going to talk about abortion when we're going to talk about 16 and pregnant I really don't see how you can't you know and so she was saying that there was a special that actually aired uh, that was a 
16 and pregnant specific like one-off episode that was an abortion special and it was one of the girls who had been on 16 and pregnant and later on decided to have an abortion um so that's something that I really wanted to talk about I could not find this special anywhere which sucks I the only thing I could find was like a few clips on like a Jezebel article about it um so if you out there know where I can find MTV's 16 and pregnant no e- no easy decision or teen mom no easy decision whatever it was called um please do let me know however when I went to watch this episode regardless like I was like well I'll just talk about the special I'll, like read the recap and then talk about it at the end even if I can't watch it um this episode was actually really good there was it's kind of like a shining star example of 16 and pregnant episodes without being super depressing kind of in my opinion like there's you know they she the mom faces all of the classic 16 and pregnant struggles uh without it being like so 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 sad that like I just want to like curl up into a ball and die at the end um so with that being said we are going to talk about 16 and pregnant season 2 episode 14 this is Mark Hay So we meet Markay, who is 16 years old. She is a senior in high school. She tells us that she works at a grocery store, but ultimately her dream is to be a veterinarian. And what's great is that the high school that she goes to has classes that she could take while she's in school that'll like fast track her on her way to vet school. Um, She tells us that she was raised by a single mom who, you know, kind of had to do things on her own. Uh, She met her boyfriend, James, at a football game. So James is an interesting character. He, to, and just in my opinion, and I as a person who I will admit am not like a huge fan of this artist, like I don't dislike him in any way, but I also don't really know any of his music. Uh, James looks like a proto Post Malone. <laughs> like he looks like what Post Malone probably looked like in high school before Post Malone was like, mm, really going to lean into this post, whole Post Malone shtick. Um, he's a white guy. He has dreadlocks. And I was like, oh, okay, that'll be fun to talk about. Um, but Markay like brings it up for me like immediately within the first minute of the episode. So she says she met James at a football game. She was surprised that she fell for him because he's not her usual type. And so then we see this little scene of them riding together in her car. And she calls him out for being a white guy with drags. She's like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He's like, how is it weird? And she's like, it just is. And I was like, mm, Yeah. <laughs> And then Marquet says that, you know, having a single mom left her with a lot of responsibilities growing up. She kind of was responsible for raising her own little sister, which is a good thing because she's pregnant. Like, it's a surprise. Like, the name of the show isn't 16 and Pregnant. So we first meet Marquet, or we, like, kind of hop into the story. Uh, in August, she is 31 weeks pregnant. Um... James Marquet, her little sister, whose name is Samara, I believe, and her mom, whose name is Serena. Although I never refer to her as Serena one time in my entire notes. I only call her Marquet's mom, but just FYI, she deserves to have a name. Samara and Serena are her sister and her mom. They're all having a meal together. And so all of the episodes of 16 and Pregnant kind of feature a similar formula if not exactly the same every single time and so the very first scene that we usually get after the initial like I'm so and so I'm 16 years old I want to do this that and this with my life so and so is my boyfriend and I'm pregnant like that's the always the first thing that we get and then the first scene that happens after that is usually the teen mom talking to either a friend or a family member and then being like so how did you get pregnant did you have safe sex or not like just kind of like cutting to the chase so her mom asked if they were practicing safe sex and Marque say they says they weren't. Um, and so her mom's like, well, why not? And James says, oh, also it should be said that James has a very, again, he's a white man. He has a very strong uh, black scent, as it were. Um, he uses African-American vernacular English. You know, I know that the way in which you speak is definitely influenced where you grow up and the type of people that you like hang out with and you see on a daily basis. But it is to be said, like, they live in Florida, and honestly, I think James has, like, a stronger black scent than any other black person who says a word in this entire episode. So, just putting it out there in my, just, that's just my opinion. (laughs) Um, So, Markay, or Markay's mom asks about the condoms, or why they weren't practicing safe sex, and James tells her that condoms be all in the way, pretty much. 
Um, that was his, uh, his excuse. And so her mom says, well, I know that I went out and I bought bananas for my kids and I taught them how to put condoms on themselves and not let boys put it on. And if the boys couldn't wear a condom, that meant what? And then Samara, the sister, chimes in. She says, they can't have sex. Close your legs. And so it was just, it was just funny. But uh, I guess Marquet didn't abide by that. And so her mom goes on to ask her kind of the next thing they always ask is like, well, what are you going to do or how did you come to make your choice so she says you know I asked you what you're gonna do and you know I am pro-choice and so that's also something that's kind of interesting because I feel like there aren't a lot of there's not a lot of like explicitly pro-choice like talk in 16 and pregnant like very occasionally they'll mention abortions but a lot of times it's usually like the parents saying well we knew that that wasn't going to be an option um, and also a lot of times when the moms are, you know, like single moms raise them on their own. I feel like sometimes it can go either way where the single moms are like, well, I raised you and we did just fine. And, you know, it's going to be a struggle, but like you do right by your kid and you, you should raise that baby or that kind of thing. Or it could be like, I'm a single mom. I know the struggle. I don't want you to experience this. Like abortion is an option. And that's kind of the route that Marquet's mom was taking here. Um, but Marquet said that James was the first one to say, like, you know, I'll take care of mine. And her mom was like, well, that's famous last words. So Marquet kind of explains in her voiceover that her mom is afraid that he's going to follow in the footsteps of Marquet's father, basically, because Marquet or Marquet's mom, Serena, supported Marquet's dad. And then her dad ended up taking off. Um, so she just doesn't want that to happen to her or to her daughter. And so she tells us that her mom has been really strict about not letting James stay at her house and James doesn't have a job so he doesn't have the ability to get a place to live on their own. So this is kind of like the main issue of this episode is James, they need a place to stay. That's always what she says. And it kind of, I don't know if it's just her, I don't want to say speech patterns, her, her word choice, like it just, I found it interesting because she kept calling it a place to stay instead of a place to live. And I kind of just noticed that because I'm like, a place to stay just seems really temporary and transient. And that kind of made me a little bit sad. But that could just like literally mean nothing and just be exactly like a place to live, whatever. Um, so Marquet and James go for a walk and they are walking under a boardwalk. There's some like beautiful Spanish moss. It's very like Florida looking. Uh, James is basically saying, you know, no matter what happens, they'll take care of their baby. Um, whether she has all the golden rings in the world, I think it's golden rings, gold, golden ring, gold and rings. <laughs> I don't know. I was taking notes with like voice to text and I thought I was editing as I like went, but I obviously did not get this correct. Uh, she, but he basically says whether she has all the golden rings in the world or whether she just has a roof over her mouth, roof over her head and food in her mouth, she's got us. And so they sit on a bench under some moss and he checks for spiders because he doesn't like spiders. And they talk about the day that they first met um, and kind of talk about just how that they've matured a lot since they met. And Marquet says that she just wants to know, she wants her baby to know that both of the parents are always going to be there. And then she pulls a spider out of uh, James's dread and he kind of freaks out. Then we just get a quick little scene of Marquet at school, basically just saying her baby is due in nine weeks. So she had to take a leave of absence from her job and she's not really sure what she's going to do yet when the baby comes. But she says there's no way she's going to be a high school dropout because she's going to set an example for her baby. So then it's after school. Uh, Cassidy, who is Marquet's friend, comes over. And Marquet tells us in a little voiceover that they, uh, they're having a girl. They're going to name her Zakaria. And Cassidy has agreed to be the, the godmother. So Cassidy brings a really sweet little card that's written to Zakaria specifically, just talking about all of like the hopes and dreams that they have for her and hoping that the baby's going to grow up to be a strong, successful woman. And it's really cute seeing, um, I think Marquet was the one who was like reading that out specifically as Cassidy looked on. However, we learned that later that night, Marquet and her mom got into a fight. And so this is like a really 
sad scene and her mom is basically just saying like Marquet's broken her heart and she was saying you know all of those things that you were reading in that card about how you want your baby to succeed and how you hope had hopes and dreams for your baby I had all of those same hopes and dreams for you and like I hope you don't think that I was hoping my baby was going to be pregnant at 16 uh, and I just hope that your baby's not pregnant at 16 and so it's just kind of sad and then she's asking her, you know, how much have you guys saved up? And James just brought his first pack of diapers two weeks ago. And that's only because I told you that he wasn't allowed to come in the house empty-handed again because the sight of him was disgusting to me. And then at this point, she turns to James, who has been chilling here this entire time. And she's like, I might not have told you that, but I told her that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you didn't need to tell me that. And it's like, oh, yeah, but if she, like... 31 weeks pregnant you haven't bought any diapers and you could have been doing that this whole time just buying a pack or two a week and then that's on you and so she says that she's always taught her daughter that you can't be dependent on a baby daddy and Marquet cries and Serena cries and it's sad so then we get another scene and Marquet says that she knows her mom was just looking out for her because she was a young mother too. So it's kind of, I guess, later the next day or something. And her mom are kind of sitting back down together on the couch to talk it out again. Uh, Marquet's mom saying that, you know, she went through school with two kids and it wasn't easy. And it felt like it made her oldest grow up faster than she should have. And she kind of gives Marquet a knowing look there. And she, um, But her mom does say, you know, I don't want you to think that I doubt you because I know you're going to make it. I just don't want it to be harder for you. And then we get a little Chiron that now she is 34 weeks pregnant. Um, we basically just see Marquet and James have a little discussion about how they've agreed that Zakaria is going to be breastfed. Uh, Marquet says that she thinks that breast milk tastes sweet and James is really grossed out. Uh, she's like talking to James and her sister talking about how she's going to force them to try breast milk and they're all like getting grossed out by it. And then we get to take a minute to learn about Marquet's weird pregnancy side effects that she, uh, she's been experiencing while she's been pregnant. So we get a quick montage of her spitting into a Pringles can, and she tells us that basically she produces so much saliva she can't swallow it without wanting to puke, so she has to carry around her, like, spit can. Uh, this is not the first time we've seen the Pringles can in her hand before. It's been in the scenes, and it will be continue to be in all of the scenes up until she gives birth, basically. Um, but I couldn't really tell what she was doing with it until she spelled it out right here. So that's really gross. Um, she also, she also explains that she's been eating soap and suddenly this turns into an episode of My Strange Addiction. So we just get a quick little scene with her meeting with her doctor, Dr. Erickson, and she just asks about her soap eating habits. The doctor explains like this is kind of normal in pregnancy, so we're going to prescribe you an iron supplement so that you can deal with it. And that's it. That's like all they say of the soap eating. And I was like, we could have leaned into that storyline for a little bit longer. Honestly, that's a little bit more interesting than this whole like, James needs to find a job. James needs to find us a place to live. So James and Marquet, uh, they're trying to build the crib together. Um, and then she has a clever little voiceover that James has to hurry up and get a crib for this baby. And then when he's done, he'll have to get a crib for all three of them. So, you know, they definitely put the editors put that scene in there just because they wanted to use that little word play. Um, and since Marquet can't work right now until she can get her job back after the baby's born, James is the one who's going to have to carry all of the financial burden on his own. But he doesn't have a job, so how is he going to carry any of the financial burden? And so we get a quick scene of James and Marquet driving around together. James is like going into different places, asking about jobs. He goes into a Burlington coat factory and he says, like, he's speaking to the woman. He's like, yeah, um, I'd like to just check in and on an application I put in about a month ago. And I'm like, dude, if it was a month ago, like, you're, you're, you've been filed, it's been filed in the circular file. So the trash can, if you don't know that reference or that joke or whatever it's called. Um, so <laughs> Marquet is just like standing around awkwardly in the background while he talks to this woman who's like, well, our, uh, our manager on duty is coming in at one, so I'll be sure to give her your name. And then they get back into the car, and then when they get back into the car, the car has issues starting, so that's another thing that they're going to have to deal with. And then we get a quick scene of James and Marquet back at Marquet's house, and they are, like, folding baby clothes and getting her room cleaned up, I guess, put together. She's in her nesting phase or whatever. And so Marquet says... 
in her voiceover that James still doesn't have a car, or sorry, he doesn't have a job, but now he doesn't have a car either. He says that, sure, she says that he also hasn't found them a place to stay for once the baby comes. <laughs> but I don't know why that voiceover was put in there. Because the very next thing that happens is Marquet's mom pokes her head and she's like, oh, God, you guys are cleaning up. Hallelujah. Like, keep it going. Don't stop. Keep it up. And so Marquet's like saying very casually, she's like, yeah, you know, we're kind of moving some of my stuff into Toot's room. Toot, I guess, being her sister. And we're going to put his stuff and the baby stuff in the closet and (laughs) kind of just like brushes over him. And so her mom's like, well, wait, who's him? And she's like, James, he's moving in. And so her mom's like, uh, nope, he's not. You, We didn't talk about this. And Marquise says, yeah, we talked about this already. Yeah, yeah. Well, you forgot. You must have forgotten about it. Her mom's like, I wouldn't have forgotten about something like that. So they argue. Um, and basically, Marquise says in her little, like last little voiceover that Zakaria is coming in one month. And if James doesn't get his shit together, he'll be looking in from the outside. So Marquet is now 36 weeks pregnant. She has four weeks left before the baby is due, and she's having a hard time going to school each day. Uh, She also just tells us here that she's not allowed to take her vet courses at school anymore because pregnant women can get, like, diseases and parasites and things from animals. So she's having a hard time with things. Um, Back at her house, uh, she has a caseworker, Sue, comes to visit her. Um, She explains that ever since she's gotten pregnant, Sue has been helping her kind of just finish school and keep her on track, but she's having a hard time focusing on finishing school since James still hasn't found a place to stay. So she asks Sue about getting help with James finding a place to stay. Um, She offers to bring her a list of low-income apartment complexes to their next meeting, but then she asks if James is working. Uh, When she finds out that he doesn't have a job, she's like very skeptical about his ability to get an apartment, which is valid. Um, and then it just kind of like, I don't know, has one of those like segue voiceovers that they do where it's like, but I didn't have time to worry about that because it's my baby shower or something, you know, where they take like a really serious moment and they're like, but that doesn't matter because now we're going to have some levity. So we just see Marquet have several of her friends show up. She has like, you know, a lot of friends there. So it's really nice to see that she still like has a good community around her that's like really supportive of her. One of her friends has a baby, and so she's holding the little baby, and she tries to get James to hold the baby, but James refuses to. Um, But she says, however, there's still tension between her mom and James. So James goes outside to have a conversation about Marquet's mom with his friends, and, like, his his African-American vernacular English is, like, full-on out having this conversation again. He sounds like he has the thickest accent of anyone, and he's the whitest person there. Um, and he says to his friends that he's been looking for a job, but he can't find one. But Marquet says in her voiceover that James's job search has really fallen off. She used to see him, you know, all over the help wanted's online, and now he's only spending time on his MySpace. And she found out that one of his exes tried to hook up with him on, I guess, MySpace, like messaged him on MySpace. Uh, and so with their baby due in less than a month, she finds that unacceptable. So that night, Marquet and James basically just get into an argument about the girl that messaged him, and Marquet gets frustrated and she leaves. So then we get another Chiron. Now she is 40 weeks pregnant. She says that since their fight, she hasn't really been talking to James. She can't believe that he was still talking to his ex. Uh, She says that she's scared to think that James isn't in this for the long run since she wasted so much time waiting on her own dad to show up for her, and she just doesn't want that to happen for her own daughter. Um, so she says that her dad lives about an hour away. She doesn't really get to see him much, but he was going to help her and James look for a place to live. I guess he was going to like drive into town and help them. And we see, um, her calling her dad, leaving a voicemail, you know, kind of asking like what's happening. This is supposed to be the last time that like her dad saw her before the baby comes, but I guess he just doesn't show up. So... Her and James talk a little bit about her being disappointed by her dad. James tries to say to not let it get to her. Oh, also at this point, I did note in my notes that James has a neck tattoo. I don't know how old James is supposed to be as compared to Marquet. I mean, like, for all of these girls, like, these 16, 17-year-old girls who get pregnant on this show, like, the vast majority of the baby daddies are definitely older, like, 
in their early 20s. There's only a few of them that seem like they're also still in high school at the time. So I don't know if James is in high school or not. I think he might be in like college, community college or something. I don't know if he's over 18, under 18. I know that there are people out there who have tattoos under 18. But I just, it doesn't sit well with me because, and this is only because of my own personal experience. When I was in high school, when I was like a little freshman in high school, I had to ride the bus to and from school and there was a mean boy on the bus who bullied me and he had a neck tattoo while he was in high school. And so I just... It doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, so she does say in her little voice over here that her dad letting her down really does make her thankful for James. He might not have a job yet, but at least James is here and he's trying. And we see that he even manages to fix the crib. And then we get another one of these lovely transitional voiceovers. She's like, and that was just in time because baby Zakaria is on her way. And so the next scene, we see Marquet. She is in labor. She says that she's having sharp pains in her vagina, which, is that where you feel labor pains? Like, I feel like it would be in your uterus, but like, ouch, maybe it also hurts you in your vagina. That's horrible. Um, They go to the hospital. Marquet's mom says a prayer over her and James, kind of just say like, you know, God, watch out for this new family. And that's kind of sweet to see. Also, they tell the nurse that it's James and Marquet's anniversary, which I'm assuming means their one-year anniversary, which means, yeah, they were, like, hardly together before she got pregnant. Uh, At first, she's handling the pain okay, and her sister is, like, distracting her and making her laugh. They're being silly, but eventually it gets to be so bad that she starts vomiting, like, from the pain. We see all of this. It's gross. I think it's kind of interesting what you see on 16 and Pregnant because I think there's, like, varying levels of how much you're actually, like, able to see of the labor process and what goes on in the hospital. I think some of the moms are more willing to show everything and then other moms are really just going to show you maybe, like, a home video that they took that they'll, like, edit in. Um, But we see, the like, a lot of the whole, like, process of her being in the hospital. So she gets an epidural, which helps with the pain. Um, also, at nine hours into labor, I think we see, like, the nine-hour marker. She realizes that she doesn't need her, skit, her spit cup anymore. So they, like, get rid of the spit cup. Thank God. And that's the last we see of it for the rest of the episode. And then finally, it's time to push. And the baby comes. And we have the sweet, soft music playing in the background as mother and baby, like, bond for the first time. And Marquet holds her. And we see, you know, just like the sweet little moments. Her mom is making a little home video. And we see this moment that where she's asking James how he feels. He's like, like a daddy, which is cute. We see James holding the baby and Marquet's mom rocking the baby. And Marquet and James snuggling together while the baby sleeps in her little bassinet. So very sweet. Um, Three days later, they're bringing Zakaria home. And Marquet says she realizes that her new life is going to be all about breastfeeding we see her breastfeeding Zakaria, which is great. I love seeing that on screen. Love seeing that representation, um, especially, you know, black mothers breastfeeding. I know that's a big uh, movement as well. So shout out to that. Um, but she's just like, yeah, she's having issues just knowing that that's kind of she's. When you're breastfeeding, like you got to you got you're always breastfeeding. She's like, oh, my God, I just I just did this. Like, is it time to do this again? It feels like I was just doing this. And I can speak to that, not that I have any kind of personal experience, but just that when my best friend, I mean, my best friend is still breastfeeding my niece, but I know that when she first had the baby, we were hanging out and everything was around the schedule of when she needed to get back home and pump. So it's like a serious thing. Um, They swaddle little Zakaria in her little voiceover. Marque says that she hopes her mom will see how much she needs James to help and allow him to spend the night. Um, but then James is not yet allowed to spend the night. So he's like, well, I'm, I'm getting my quality time in. I'm getting my quality time in, but then I got to leave or whatever. Cause her mom's going to make him leave. And she's like about to cry because she wants him to stay. All right. So little Zakaria is one week old. Uh, Marquez says again, that it sucks. Her mom won't let James stay over because she really needs his help now more than ever. And she ends up calling her dad and telling him that she needs help. Um, She says that she's learned to never really rely on her dad. But now that she has a baby, she has to do what she has to do. And her dad says that her mom is a good person. And she won't let James 
be out on the streets and her dad says you know I'll make some calls I'll try to get some information I'll get back with you which I kind of like you know her dad is really sweet even though he kind of is it's like implied that he's a little bit of a a deadbeat or an absentee or he really just wasn't as present as he should have been in her life growing up like anytime she actually speaks to him he's a really nice person and I do appreciate that he like doesn't speak anything badly about her mom and he's just like well your mom is a good person and she'll make sure your baby daddy doesn't wind up sleeping in a gutter somewhere he says it a lot nicer than that too uh so then we get a little voiceover where she says i don't know if it's a coincidence or if my dad talked to my mom but that night she pulled us both in for a talk and so basically her mom tells her you know i've i've seen how tired Marquet is staying up all night with a baby and i don't really think it's right for the mother to have to do all the work and shoulder the full burden so I've decided to let James move in. It does come with a few conditions. He has to be looking for a job naturally. Uh, he has to sleep in the living room so no making Zakaria's little brother or sister quite yet and then there has to be an end date in sight which is all very reasonable but I like that her mom didn't really like budge on this until it got to the point where you know, she's not doing it for James. She's not doing it to give James a break. She's doing it to give her daughter a break. So Marquet is relieved that James's living situation has been handled, but she doesn't understand why all of his work opportunities are falling through. Yeah, I don't understand. It seems like it's always impossible for these, like, 16 and pregnant dads to find a job. And I get it. Like, I guess this was, like, in 2009 when, like, shit was real rough. But, like, if you can't get hired at... A grocery store or at like the Burlington Coat Factory as a stalker then you got to reevaluate your resume you, you got to make some tweaks to what you're putting on your job applications or something so Marquet is starting back at the grocery store next week so they will have a little income coming in but they basically had to use her entire savings to get a car so that she'd be able to go to and from so that really drained everything and she also has a little moment where she says that um, ever since she caught James and his ex talking on MySpace, she's now suspicious that something's going on with other girls. And there's just always something going on in the back of her mind that she can't really trust him. So in addition to going back to work, Marquet also has to go back to school in order to graduate on time. She says that she didn't realize how hard it would be to leave Zakaria each day and that James is the one who has to take care of Zakaria all day. And so this is where we see the shot where it's like, this is what makes me think that maybe he's in community college or something um, because he's holding the baby, but he's also like doing schoolwork in what looks to be a library. So maybe he's in high school, maybe he's in college, but like, why would he be in high school and be allowed to like have his baby with him all day? So he must be in college. I don't know. It's confusing. Or maybe he's just hanging out of the library because he doesn't have anything else to do and he's not in anything. <laughs> um, so then that's, yeah, probably far more likely is that he's not doing anything with his life and he's just like MTV needed somewhere to like film a scene they're like just go into this library so Marquez says she does say that she hopes that they had a better day than she did so this is kind of where we see some of like the fun little editing that they put in um where it's like a, a notepad with sketches and so it's a little graph that starts up with bad at the top and then at the bottom it snakes down to worse and we see a little like drawing of Marquet's head sliding down with each thing that she says. So basically she's behind on schoolwork. And then while she's at school, James's ex came up to her and told her that he had cheated on Marquet with her, the ex, at the start of their relationship. And that they did not use protection when he cheated. And then when she called James to confront him, he confirmed everything that the ex said was true. So Marquet and her sister are talking after school and Marquet is upset not only about the fact that she was cheated on but also that the ex basically just like disrespected her in front of everyone at school and she keeps reiterating like you know I never cheated on James I was always there for James I never cheated on him. Um, she says in her voiceover that usually they hook up with James in the parking lot and then they go pick up Zakaria from daycare but this time he decided to walk. So that's why I'm like, they hook up with him in the parking lot. Like, where is he coming from? Is he at a college that's next door? Is he at a high school? Is he just, like, hanging out and doing his own thing all day? Fucking smoking weed and playing video games? Probably. I don't know. So Marquez sees James, like, walking down the side of the road as she's driving. And she decides to, like, park in the middle of the road to go out and confront him. As she, like, parks her sister's like, what are you doing? Like, you cannot park here. Do you need me to move the car? Marquet's like walking over to James they start arguing and yelling on the side of the road 
<laughs> her sister Samara has to like turn the car around. Um, so James is whole, like his whole defense to this situation is that they were only two weeks into the relationship. So it doesn't make it that big of a deal. Of course, this is like, means nothing to Marquet because she's like, you know, I wasn't cheating on you two weeks into the relationship. Like that's, you would rather have an hour of sex with her than like two weeks with me. And he's like, exactly. It was only two weeks. Like it didn't mean that much. But then he has the audacity. This man has the audacity to try and say like, oh, well, I'm just hurt because of what you said to me, which is so fucked up. And like that, that's, that's the straw for Marquet. So she like basically ends it. She says that it's over. She's like really pissed at him. She's like, you'll have to fight me for custody. Don't you ever come see my child, which is just sad because, you know, like everything that she had been saying up until then is like, I want Zakaria's daddy to be in her life. And then... the the first thing she jumps to is like you'll never see my baby again so I don't know it's just it's sad they need they need some like couples therapy so now we get a little Chiron now that Zakaria is seven weeks old um Marquez says in her voiceover that after the fight James didn't come home um she says her best friend Kaya found out about her mood or about the fight and she came over to pull her out of the mood um also like who is this so-called best friend and I was like why is we why are we not seeing her until half an hour into the hour like 42 minute long show because we had this whole other friend Cassidy who was apparently close enough to be your baby's godmother but who's who's Kaya um so they're in the car together Marquez crying to her sister and her friend talking about how she misses James they go out to dinner and you know she's talking about how James didn't use a condom when he cheated on her and then she came back to him and like or she came back to her and used a con like didn't use a condom again basically he's just not using a condom with anyone and that's grossing her out uh and she again just reiterates how much she hated the girl like telling everyone at school about it because like that was the worst part was that it humiliated her and her friend kind of like I mean, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, on one hand, she has a point. But on the other hand, like, if a guy cheated on you and you don't want to be with him, like, so be it. But her friend was like, you know, has he cheated on you recently? No? Okay, well, then it's in the past. And if he's not doing it now, then it shouldn't matter. Basically, her friend just said that they need to talk. She needs to talk to him and they need to work it out. But also, I did just want to point out that in this in this moment, in this scene, there's one of those classic, like, sad, slow, pop rock ballad indie rock ballad things that mtv plays in the background of all of their like 16 and pregnant you know the type and i always watch these with closed captions on and the closed caption for the music said sad fiddle music and i was like oh <laughs> so james is over at his friend's house uh he's talking about the situation with his friends um they say basically like it's not over between you and Marquet. There's too much history there. There's too many memories. It's not over. And then they kind of talk about him like not being able to get a job. And his friends call him out and they're like, it's because you're white with dreads and it looks like you have a dread mullet and you look like Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> it was funny. And so it's Marquet's first day back at work. And without James around, she has to leave Zakaria with her mom. This is my favorite quote, my favorite quote in the entire episode by far. She says, I thought work would take my mind off the situation, but I managed to stay mad as hell throughout my whole shift. And that is a fucking mood if I have ever heard one. So then when she gets off work, James is outside and he wants to talk to her. And so we see them in the car together and he does apologize. So I will give him that. He says, I apologize. I am sorry. But then he says, but if you love me, you'd get over it, which sir that's you don't get to you don't get to temper your apology with one of those bullshit things again he tries to say like you know we'd only we'd only been together for two weeks and Marquez like uh you'd already said you loved me I was practically pregnant at two weeks and so I mean she has a point she does say she wants to work it out because the biggest gift she can give Zakaria is to have a daddy be in her life but they still argue. Um, they're kind of arguing in the car. And it keeps, it's really sad because we keep getting a little shot as they're arguing like, to Zakaria sleeping in the back seat, so that you know they're yelling at each other in front of her, which is not good. I mean, I know she's only a few months old, but childhood trauma is wild, man. That stuff can like embed into your psyche at a real young age. So <laughs> it's just not good to, to be yelling in front of your baby. Um, she tells him not to yell she at this point he like is he refers to himself as a hoe 
And then she's like, yeah, and you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Haven't you heard that saying? Which I thought was kind of clever. Um, But he gets mad and he gets out of the car. And so then she follows him out and she starts screaming um, about how much she hates him and how angry she is. And then she starts throwing punches at him. He kind of grabs her and like holds her, like wraps her in a bear hug so she can't hit him anymore. And then they're just like crying together. And it's really sad. And she says that she just loves him so much. And she's afraid that his ex is going to come back and take him. Which is so sad. And like that's the thing that's like deep down inside is like really at the heart of the thing is that's what she was worried about with the cheating was that his ex is going to take him back. I don't know. It just makes me sad. We get a little commercial break here and they, uh, MTV runs one of their like ads or whatever for love is respect. If, if you or someone, you know, is, has experienced domestic violence, go to loveisrespect.org or whatever. Um, cause yeah, that was like domestic violence. Like that was some real ass domestic violence. Like he did, she didn't hurt him obviously, but she did hit him. It was rough to watch. So now Zakaria is two months old. It is December. Uh, she says that James hasn't been sleeping at her mom's house, but she can tell that Zakaria misses her daddy because she misses him too. And so she gets a call from her own dad, and he says that he's coming to take her to brunch. I guess just like right then. She's like, oh, you couldn't have told me this yesterday, but, you know, like don't look a gift horse in the mouth, like, mouth I guess. Um, so her dad comes over, takes them out. And, like, this is, again, where he's being really, really sweet. He's being super, super sweet. He, like, obviously loves his grandbaby. He loves baby Zakaria. Uh, Marquet kind of explains her troubles with her and James to her father. And her dad basically says, you know, I I never planned for your life to be like this when I married your mom. You know, I know that you were affected by us splitting up. And I know that you have this wall around you and you have trouble trusting and he apologizes for not being there for her as much as he should have been. Um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just really, it's, it's, it's a sweet scene. And she tells her dad that, you know, way back before I even ever thought about having a baby, like before I ever thought this would happen, I knew that when I, I had a baby, I wanted that baby to have a daddy who would be in her life. Like, that's what James is to Zakaria. They're, he's always there for her. Like, that's what's important. So that's kind of a sweet, a sweet little scene. Um, it kind of just ends, the episode ends with Marquet. They always have these little, like, straight-to-camera confessional, like, you know, you can tell that it was just the girl and the camcorder that MTV sent her or whatever, and she explains that her relationship with her mom has changed. She's not as open with her as she used to be. Uh, she feels like pregnancy pushed her away from her mom, which is really sad. Like that's to me is the saddest thing is she used to have this like really wonderful relationship with her mom where they were best friends. And she just, I guess she feels like ever since she got pregnant, she disappointed her mom and she just can't be open and honest with her anymore. Um, while all of this is happening, she's kind of saying these things. We see various scenes of Marquet doing things. So Marquet gets some like baby pictures made with Zakaria and then James is there too. So I guess they're kind of like back together. Um, we see her and James walking with Zakaria on a nature trail. I guess this, this is also kind of where they like officially make up. And then he does say like, well, you hit me. And he's like, well, I didn't hit you hard. And he's like, yeah, it was hard. I, I, I felt it. And this is again, all just sort of brushed aside. Um, we see them at a little New Year's Eve party like fireworks display where they're watching like fireworks go off on a lake or something uh also it says it's 2010 so 10 years ago now officially um and then it just ends with Marquet straight to camera saying there's always going to be bumps on the road with her and James but as long as they get through it without a flat tire they'll be fine and that's the end that's the end of the episode so where are they now? So this is where I wanted to talk about the follow-up special that they ended up doing with Marquet. So she got pregnant again with James um, shortly after Zakaria was born, actually. So I don't know if maybe her mom didn't really enforce the sleeping in the living room <laughs> like as strictly as she maybe should have. Uh, but she decided to chronicle her ultimate decision to have an abortion on a special episode called No Easy Decisions. 
Um, so this also featured two other young women who had chosen to have abortions, and they discussed some of the like facts and the issues surrounding abortion. Um, they specifically brought up that it's one of the safest common medical procedures that you can have, um, that there are really many barriers that are designed to prevent patients from easily accessing abortions, which sadly in 10 years has not changed and in some ways has only gotten worse. Um, for example, judicial bypass of parental consent laws. So that's something that one of the other women featured on the special had to utilize. I guess she was underage. Her parents didn't consent to her having an abortion. So she had to specifically go to a judge and get a bypass. Like a map. That's just, it's so wild to me. Like that you are going to force a young girl who is under the age of 18 to have to go to a judge and explain to the judge why she does not want to carry a pregnancy and parent a child for that judge to allow her to legally have a healthcare procedure because her parents have said no. <sighs> anyway, um, many pro-choice bloggers at the time lauded the special for the way that it was handled. They said it was very well done. Um, me just having read a lot of the articles and the like media surrounding it and not having seen the special in its whole entirety um I think that it probably did do a really good job especially for 2010 I mean like any mention of abortion and just that being an option and like the facts of abortion not like scare quotes and just misleading information that isn't true designed to like terrify people anything that that like anytime that's in the media that's amazing um, it does seem like there was probably some language that was stigmatizing that was used. I think there was a lot of um, no one is pro-abortion quote kind of thrown around. That's something that I want to touch on just really quick. Um, I'm pro-abortion because I like to say it like this. I'm pro-abortion like I'm pro-root canal. I don't think anyone like wants to go about their life having a root canal or having an abortion, but if it comes to the point that they need one, they deserve to have access to one. They deserve for it to be affordable. They deserve for it to be private and for other people to not be involved in their decision of having one. That's where I stand on that. Um, but also something that I found interesting MTV aired this special at 11.30 at night, and it had no commercials, so there were, like, no advertisers. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting that they did that. And kind of, like, commendable. Like, thank you for actually taking a stand on an issue that's important enough to show without, like, getting anything in return, you know, i.e. money from advertisers. So Markay and James eventually did split up. Um, in 2013, she made some comments on Twitter indicating that she did regret her abortion, which is sad, but uh, the majority of women do not regret their abortions, and I think a lot of women who do regret their abortions do so because of how stigmatized it is in our culture. I wonder if abortion were treated just as a normal thing that has always happened and people deserve access to if there were, if there would be even a smaller percentage than the already small percent. Um, she also made some comments in 2013 indicating that she was pregnant, but according to an article on the Ashley from 2018, no baby seems to have materialized from that pregnancy. Uh, she could have just been playing around because it seems like the comments that she made were on some like ask.com profile. So maybe it was just like she was trolling people. In 2018, she was announced that she, she did announce that she was pregnant again. Uh, she currently lives in Florida, and she works as a dental assistant. She is relatively active on Twitter and on Facebook, and her Facebook had a public post from March 27th, so five days ago as of airing this, four days ago, however long ago that is, uh, basically talking about how she had a gender reveal, how she's going to have three girls, so I guess she's pregnant with another girl. Um, her mom and her sister were also on that thread. Uh, her sister just so I just saw them, so you know they were in the episodes. So let me give them an update. Her sister apparently has two sons as well, and then her mom had a hashtag stay home profile pic frame. So we stand. Thank you, Serena, for spreading the word. Uh, everyone stay at home. James, I could not find a lot on James. He has a private Insta account, but his profile pic does still have dreads it could be an old picture but he could also still have white dreads 10 years later in which case you know like it's not great but if you put 10 years of effort into it I mean like whatever I'll 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 let you slide on your white dreads just once 
I'll get back on your case next time, James. All right. And does it hold up slash is it worth a rewatch? Um, this is, I think, one of the first ones that I ever said no on. Like, I don't think it's worth a rewatch unless you're like a big 16 and pregnant stan and this is like something that you genuinely love. I personally did not get any kind of joy out of watching these episodes. I am not going to watch any more 16 and pregnant. I probably will enjoy watching Teen Mom more just because I think the characters are more, I think the situations are maybe a little bit more absurd in some ways. I also just by the nature of having four different moms per episode, like you're going to have some storylines that are like more serious and some that are more lighthearted. And it's not always just like a whole hour of learning about someone's depressing life. But I mean, if you're into it, you do you. If you're looking for something to like get you through quarantine and like something that's going to like take your mind off things and make you feel better, don't watch this. All right, you guys, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay sane. Uh, Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook if you want to chat or Twitter or TikTok. Why not? Um, You know, we're all just trying to get through this together. The one thing I do love about what's been going on with everything is that everyone just seems more willing to connect with each other online. Like we're playing stupid myspace chain letter games from like 15 years ago and we're doing like dumb little like insta story games and i don't know i just think that that's kind of fun so if you want to be a part of all of that follow me on my socials uh snapback to reality podcast on facebook snapback to reality pod on instagram or my personal instagram is really underscore riley my twitter and my tiktok are both riley said so Uh, And you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. All right, you guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next time. Bye.